Hey guys, how are you doing? Today's show is going to be about planning a SOC 2 audit. When planning a SOC 2 audit, you have to ensure that first thing and that's really important is that all the stakeholders that are going to be involved in the audit are in agreement with you that this audit needs to happen and they are on board with you and they will support you uh, throughout this exercise because it's one thing to start an audit and it's the other to let the other people know later that this audit is happening and then you um, you have to uh, jump through hoops to make uh, people participate in the audit and the outcome of such an exercise is not uh, really um, fruitful. So there's two ways of approaching it. Uh, one is uh, you hire the audit firm and they do everything uh, for you from soup to nuts. So they come in, they assess the environment, they um, put together the, the control framework with the control owners, and then they conduct the audit after the fact. Um, the other um, option that you have is, and, and this is contingent on the fact that you have a a capable team that is able to do all these activities uh, because um, you have to develop the control framework uh, to for the audit to be conducted and developing a control framework is not an easy task. Um, it takes in an organization upwards of six months uh, to uh, create a control framework. Um, so, so just be careful. Um, so, so that's why um, if you have the audit firm do it, then you'll be paying a lot more because uh, in on top of the audit itself, they might be charging you extra for doing this legwork for you, which, which like I said, it, it's going to take, take a lot of time. So it might end up being expensive. So if you have internal resources who are capable of doing it, why not leverage them? And, and this um, show is going to outline um, some of the activities that your internal teams can undertake to make sure that when the audit firm does show up at your doorstep to conduct the audit, they have all the information that's required and they can just, you know, do the audit, issue the audit report, and there you go, you're done and you, you save a, a bunch of money doing that. Plus, you know, you, you have this assurance that the control owners are uh, familiar with the internal people, the internal people are familiar with all the processes of the people, and, and that whole um, experience is, is uh, positive for uh, both the control owners and the people who are um, putting together the control framework. So when you have decided on which approach you take and let's say you are taking the second approach um, I would suggest that um, first thing first is you determine what trust um, determine what trust services criteria um, your audit is going to include in it uh, because um, there are these uh, five criteria security availability processing integrity confidentiality and privacy so it all depends on what level of service you are providing. Security is, is pretty basic. 
anybody who is, if you are a um, infrastructure um, as a service provider, then you know you, you will provide this security service and availability. Um, the next to become a bit um, um, complicated to decide because processing integrity comes into play when you are a software as a service provider. So when you are doing some kind of processing for um, for your your client, um, the other one is confidentiality. If you are handling uh, the customer's confidential data, again a SaaS platform. Um, then the privacy piece comes in and security is pretty much tied uh, very closely at the hip with the uh, privacy piece um, is that you know and this this is a two-pronged um, activity for privacy where if you are a SaaS provider then you have to make sure that you are protecting um, all information that's being being collected by the customer uh, for their customers and, and you're, you're, you're protecting that. And the other one is even if you are a SaaS, um, sorry, uh, if you are a IaaS infrastructure as a service provider, then again the privacy piece comes in where how are you protecting the information of your customers? You know, when you have change management systems uh, where where their, um, your customer assets um, asset information might be there, uh, your uh, configuration management database that might hold that information. So that's where the, the privacy piece comes in. Um, the next area is once you've decided on which trust ser service criteria um, you are going to include, um, and this will also feed into you your uh, development of the control framework. Um, the next piece to focus on is the business areas. So, and this is a this is not a comprehensive list that I put together. There could be many more business areas uh, based on uh, what your uh, what kind of business structure you have. Uh, but at the top level, uh, just name a few of, of the people that I have in my in my list are business line VP. So you need to make sure that the business line VP is is on board with this activity because sometimes what happens is uh, product people initiate this activity and that they want to be um, you know SOC 2 compliant because of competition with some other um, organization that's out there they're doing the same thing so they, they push it without the buy-in from from the business line VP or the business line top guy uh, so uh, the idea is of the business line um, top guy or girl uh, knows about this activity, they can make sure that all the stakeholders are uh, brought into uh, on the same page uh, to make sure that, you know, that the message comes from the top saying that, guys, uh, we need to get this activity completed and why this is important. Um, and then that's when you have to make sure that the, that the product managers are, are lined up, human resources people are lined up, change management teams are lined up, corporate security 
um, is included incident management uh, and when I say incident management uh, most people just focus on the technical incident management where a, where a server goes out you know disk fails or power supply fails or network outage or something like that but you know you also have to focus on the security incident response as well so uh, if a server outage um, is um, results uh, because of a security incident then you know you need to have the process documented you need to have the network support people server support people database people uh, storage support people um, and and any other um, teams within your organization that that you might uh, you can think of and and based on your hierarchy it could well be that you know some of the the teams that I've mentioned they could be um, sitting under different uh, VPs so you need to make sure that you reach out to them as well and make sure they're they're in, they're in line and ideally it should be the business VP who should be making sure that all the business lines are on board with this activity so once you have you've identified um, that you know indeed your team is going to be conducting this audit and you've identified the um, trust services criteria to proceed with and you have all the business uh, people and uh, the different teams on board then you start you know gluing everything together putting everything together and and there's two key things that need to happen uh, one is the system description so this is something that goes into the audit report and um, and this if it's ready beforehand it makes it it's it makes it very easy because what you can do is when you have this description of the system or system description ready um, when the auditor firm comes in you can share the description of the system with them and that will be an acid test for you um, to to ensure that indeed the, the system description um, is written in a way that the auditor can understand because what a description of the system is pretty much um, what service you, you're providing to the customers so it should include all the services at a high level you don't have to go at the nitty-gritty um, you know detail level just you just have to um, say what products are in, in the scope of this audit and and what do you what products uh, do you offer pretty much that um, and you know your auditor might be able to help you with that as well or your internal teams um, who have experience conducting SOC 2 audits they can guide um, guide you on this thing as well the next critical piece is system description is done you know that's that's what that's the summary of the environment um, the control framework is the key so now that you have identified the trust principles um, the next piece you are doing is putting a control framework together to um, address those requirements um, so when you're putting a control framework together you have to make sure that there's two pieces to putting a control framework together one is uh, the design and the operating of the control so when the auditors come in and they audit you against the control framework they are pretty much looking for um, uh, two um, alignment on two pieces one is the design effectiveness of the control that the control was designed in, in a certain way and the design was effective and the second one was the operating effectiveness of the control so 
so if once the control was designed it was operated as it was designed and you know um, the in essence of addressing the control requirements um, what happens is um, most of the times I've noticed is IT people who are planning the audit they don't talk to the control owner they put together a, a control framework for the control owners without talking to them a lot and what what happens at the time of the audit is that the control owners say no we don't do it this way we do it the other way and that's when you know the, the issue starts so you have to make sure that first is is this the right control owner and does the right control owner accept the control that yes it belongs to them second is you have to make sure that they design the control um, in a fashion that they can support it it doesn't have to be designed in a complicated way that you know it's very difficult to support so it has to be such is such a way that the control owner is able to support it and uh, when it comes to um, operating it they are able to operate it as it was designed and that's where you know the evidence collection comes in and the execution of the control comes in um, because this is the um, uh, the first audit the first year of the audit uh, this one will be a type 1 audit what, what it means is it's not based on on the period it's not looking for the um, operating effectiveness of the control the auditors are pretty much looking for the design effectiveness of the control so uh, what this activity should also entail is once the control has been designed you have to make sure that the control can be operated as well right so the operational documentation and, and roles and responsibilities have to be identified clearly um, ensuring that that the um, that there's no gaps in in this whole ex activity if there are gaps then you have to make sure that those gaps are addressed by talking to the stakeholders and and letting them know what what are the impacts of the timelines because um, like I said earlier, uh, this whole process of you know putting the control framework together, um, putting in all the supporting um, documentation, the roles and responsibility, the buy-in from the from the different control owners, um, it it can take upwards of six months. Um, I had conducted an audit uh, for which I already had a control framework, and I was kind of using that control framework. It still took me about um, yeah, it took me about six months to to put it all together and then start the audit. And even when the audit started, there were again, you know, issues where control owners, when when they said yes, by the time we op we went to them with the auditors, they said they changed their mind. So so these things can happen. So just just be cognizant of the fact uh, that you know all these you know gotchas have to be addressed and and when you jump in to the audit uh, don't think it's going to be uh, an easy uh, cakewalk uh, just uh, just be um, ready for for the you know all kinds of uh, wrenches being thrown at you um, if you have done the system description and the control framework is done and because the control framework is done uh, you would have taken care of all, all the gaps and all that kind of stuff right because you know when you're doing, doing the control framework you're also addressing any any gaps that, that might be there right so if you've done these two things you've 
pretty much done 50% um, or more of, of the journey, right? So you, you're pretty much done. Now all that remains is bringing in the auditor to, to do the audit, uh, which I said is going to be a type one. They will be looking for um, design effectiveness of the control. And once they've done that, they'll issue the report. They'll come back again and usually you know you can you can narrow down the the peer um, the the audit period if you want like if a customers if if a bunch of customers are requesting that you issue the SOC 2 report sooner than later SOC 2 type 2 sooner than later then the moment your SOC 1 type 1 gets issued you set a 6 month timeline from your SOC 2 type 1 concludes you give your teams six months to operate the controls as as you've done as you had done with the control framework uh, as, as, while the control framework was being put together and at the end of the six months you get get the audit firm in and they can they can audit it um, again it, it is it is a bit difficult for 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 teams to start embracing the the changes because a lot of teams are not um, following process as it's documented so 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 just be ready for that and um, with that folks uh, that's all I had uh, to talk about today hope you um, um, enjoyed the commentary today if you have any questions um, do uh, drop me a line Hey everybody, I uh, hope you found uh, the information I shared with you uh, today uh, to be useful. Um, uh, please like, subscribe and share uh, the content in your social circles. Um, if you want to contact me, my contact details are on my website, uh, sekinoid.com. Uh, the address is also at the bottom left hand corner of, uh, of this, the slide deck. Um, um, and um, lastly, uh, thank you for your time and uh, talk to you soon. Bye-bye.